0: Oh, this is the podcast, you yeah? <laughs> No, but really, guys, this is the podcast. This is two chickpeas in a podcast. <laughs> Hi, this is Nikita. Hey, I'm Tash. And you're listening to Two Chickpeas in a Podcast. We're back with another very special episode. I'm so very, very lucky to be joined by very, very incredible young British Indian talent. She goes by the name Sarah Nisha Adams and she's here to join us today to talk to us all about her novel, The Reading List.
1: Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I was so excited. Amazing introduction.
0: Do you think so? Sorry, I feel yes. like <laughs> we don't do any justice. Honestly, we don't do <laughs> any justice at all. You're a stunning, girl. Sadly, our listeners can't see. You. We have to say.
2: Oh,
1: I feel like literally, I'm not looking great today. Just have not worn makeup in ages and I'm like I'm not but can't bother the B the anymore podcast.
2: it's the beauty of the podcast we can just uh, <laughs> we can look like this and it's fine isn't it even me with my little Hagrid hair you guys
1: look amazing I'm just saying like you're I'm so jealous of your hair like my hair is like so awful at the moment but I'm just like oh, I wish I had hair like you guys oh you say
0: this now but you wait to the humidity Humidity, <laughs> oh man. It is literally uh, Atasha always famously calls me Hagrid like as a like <laughs> Hagrid's hair from Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. See, there we go. <laughs> <I am Harry. laughs> but thank you so much again for for joining us. We're so excited to talk to you all about your this is your debut novel? Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. And how old are you? Um I'm 28 now. 30, such
2: a young gun, just out here. Yeah, just two years. She's just one year older than you. Yeah. Two years older than me. <laughs> Workout, out that's crazy
0: and yeah so you're a young gun talented British Indian female can we just like get some intro like on and some background from yourself really just so like how you would describe maybe like your heritage um, your background your your upbringing would love to know
1: yeah, of course. So um, I am half Indian, half English. My mum is Gujarati, Hindu. Um, and she grew up in Wembley. Um, and her family still live there. So that's kind of where the book is set. And it's a place that I love. I grew up in Hertfordshire, so kind of north of London, um, in predominantly white area. Um, so I think kind of going to Wembley was always like really lovely because I felt a little bit more myself. I think. But yeah, I kind of definitely describe myself as mixed, because I feel like I have the best of both worlds in lots of ways. Like, and in terms of my Gujarati heritage, I just, I can't speak any Gujarati. So I have always kind of bonded with my bath, through food, bonded with my through kind of books and talking about books. So I think I found ways into um, that house and kind of to make sure that I felt a part of Um, that family too because I think the language barrier was always a thing that just when I was younger it kind of stuck in my head that I sort of didn't belong but actually my band other kind of made sure that I felt like I belonged even if I couldn't talk to them in Gujarati so yeah that's kind of where the book came from and I think that sort of says quite a lot about me too um, as someone who's always trying to find ways to belong That sort of been like my whole life was like do I belong here do I belong here I don't know um but yeah it's kind of the people around you and I guess the love that helps you belong really.
0: I just thought it was really really interesting how you said um you felt really at home at your bar and and Dada's house and that's where you felt like sort of most comfortable and even though the language barrier you know you felt that was a barrier perhaps with your relationship with your with your mom's side of the family that live in Wembley um you know it's lovely that your your family have always made you feel like welcome accepted despite the language barrier. you found you know ways um through books and food but I just I just wanted to touch on that actually because a lot of our podcast really focuses on our British Asian experience what it means to be British Indian today and you're quite unique in the sense that, well, not, we're well, not unique. There are lots of mixed heritage, like Indian and British people, but unique in the sense that um, in our podcast so far, we have been mainly talking with other Indian people who have been born here. Whereas you are <laughs> mixed heritage, and a lot of what we have expressed is 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 literally what you echoed about feeling neither here or there when it comes to to culture, but. Ignorantly, maybe from my perspective, thought that someone of mixed heritage would find that somewhat easier, a little bit easier, because you do have such great access to both cultures and. I suppose you know you can't really be too much or too little of anything because you're a mix of it all whereas a lot of our experiences we're not Indian enough to our Indian friends and we're not like completely British or like our other friends from other heritages and things so just wanted to touch in more about about your experience like growing up here because you mentioned that you're from um, Hertfordshire so what what was that like growing up was there a lot more other Indian people around did you find there was like a lot of other mixed race people like what was your experience then in, in in terms of identity having grown up in Hertfordshire?
1: Yeah so Hertfordshire I have loved growing up in Hertfordshire in so many ways um, and but I think probably when I was really young I didn't feel very different but then i think kind of as you get older probably like year one year two i started noticing that i was like one of the only children of color in my class i think and i think maybe there were like two of us and we became really good friends and i think i definitely like anyone who was a bit different i would be friends with because i felt like i could relate to that and i got that um and I think it was just, I never felt like I fitted in completely. Um, I remember kind of classes at school when like we did different religions and things. and I would kind of be like the spokesperson on Hinduism for a bit, even though actually like as a child, I didn't know that much. And I remember there was one time when we kind of literally had a piece of cloth and they were like, oh, Sarah, can you show how to do like um, a sari on amber? And I was like, Oh okay. I had never done it before in my life. So I was just pretended, I just owned it. I was like, yeah, I know how to do this, even though the cloth is like three foot long rather than however long it's really meant to be. And um I just literally made it up off the top of my head, hoping that my mum wouldn't ever see it, um, and realize how terrible a job I'd done. But just so like little things like that where you sort of put into this position as though I know everything even though really I knew very little like a moment like that that probably at the time I felt really proud of like oh, look at me being like celebrated for my culture and my background but ultimately it was also a way of kind of pointing out that I was different from everyone else and I think anyone in the class I mean that's kind of always a way I guess in schools like if anyone has something that's kind of unique to them it's great to celebrate it but I think the double i sort of that is the a fact that sometimes that can make someone feel like they stick out and they're different and I think throughout my life at school I always wanted to be like like everyone else I wanted to sort of just blend in and I never really did blend in um, and I think I felt the same in lots of ways when I was like with my mum's family because I was like quite light-skinned I had quite light eyes everyone would kind of look at me a little bit and I all I wanted to do was just like blend in and even sometimes if I wore like Indian clothes i if I wore something a little bit wrong, like some people would say, oh, that's not how you wear it. Like you should know lots of the things that I used to wear as well were sort of like hand-me-downs and like really old fashioned. And I just like, I loved it at the time. Then I'd walk into like the girl bar or something and see that everyone is wearing like super nice stuff. And I was like, I look so like, literally like I stepped out of like a 70s album or something. Cool. Um, so like all these little things kind of played in my mind about not quite fitting here or not quite fitting there and i think it took me a long time to kind of celebrate the fact that i fit in enough in both places but i sort of i don't, I don't know if anyone ever feels like they fit in enough i think i mean i'm sure there are some people like the popular kids of the world who feel <laughs> that they fit in perfectly yeah,
2: exactly. but i've never been one of those yeah exactly i feel like as kids we just want to belong don't we that's like the main yeah. thing we want we just want to be like oh yeah like i'm in this crowd and whereas like you've grown up kind of being in two so you're like which one am I really in and trying to like belong fully to that one and belong fully to the other but now you can probably yeah be like yes I'm happy that I'm both which is nice. Yeah, and just to add to
0: what you said, Natasha, as well, like, it just really prompted a thought in my mind about how when we're younger, all we do want to do is is fit in with everyone, but then almost as you get older and older, like the world kind of requires you almost to stand out, or you you feel, mm. oh, especially now with like social media and things like that, we feel like an internal pressure on ourselves to, to stand out in a way. Um, yeah. So I just I just find it really interesting, um, just everything that you you said. And about you know not really belonging, and also like you know I really resonate with you when you said oh you know friends and stuff would ask you like how do you wrap a sari or like what does this mean or you know what's in this food and things. And me as someone who is like very visually like brown, like definitely full mm-hmm. Indian, uh, you know I would get super embarrassed like when I couldn't mm-hmm. do that because I felt like it's uh a shame on me and my part like I don't understand like my culture my heritage but I would have thought that someone like yourself from a dual heritage would sort of have almost um a get out card <laughs> from all of that in the sense that you can like oh I don't know completely because I am still from like this mixed you know heritage or my lifestyle at home is like this uh, whereas we definitely had a very Indian upbringing, and but
2: like, but sorry to get your, but just just going on that, you know, you know, you know, when you said the th- the thing about, you know, you, you had a language barrier, and you know, we're we Gujarati, our mom's Gujarati too, and I don't fully really understand or speak it, and I always feel like, oh my god, I, I or oh, like I know what you're saying, but I don't know how to say it back, and I'm just I've just got this like. Yeah. Uh, I'm too shy to say it it back just in case someone's like you can't even speak it or you don't even know how
1: to pronounce it properly it's just such a frightful thing do you do you understand it quite a lot then and so I understand it and when I was younger I think I definitely understood it more I think 100% get that thing about like lack of confidence and I don't think I'd ever feel confident enough to like start saying what I think I know because I, like my accent would be completely wrong people wouldn't know what on earth I was saying but yeah I think you're completely right like so many young British Indians I know um don't necessarily know how to speak their language and I think that's quite normal as well and I, I remember just like in my family I think I think my mum in particular felt like it was a failing on her part not having taught me even though she definitely tries to teach me at points and I think because of that it almost stuck in my mind as like something to be like worried about and ashamed about even though actually like I think there are other ways to communicate too and I think well it's yeah I think language is obviously a huge thing but I think you're right like actually the connections that you have with your family and like the fact that you understand them is really important anyway.
0: But you what what you've just mentioned here about your uh connection that you have with your Indian side of your family despite the language barrier you found so many other ways to connect with them whether it be food or literature I think that really nicely leads us into the premise of The Reading List and just wondered if you yourself wanted to sort of break down a little bit about what that's about and we'll really get into it.
1: Yeah so The Reading List is a book about I guess, community and unlikely friendship. And it follows two characters, Alicia, who is like a young, um, a young teenager, she's 17, kind of working in her local library of the summer, but she doesn't really want to be there. Um, she kind of doesn't really read books but was recommended to take the job by her brother Aidan who really loves reading and books and it was a really important place for him and she's kind of caring for her mum as well so she's got a lot going on at home. Um, at the library she meets Mukesh who is a widower who lost his wife Naina um, a few years before and Naina was a big reader, but he wasn't really. Um, but Naina had this lovely connection with her granddaughter, Priya, who loved reading, um, and he really wants to sort of fill that hole in Priya's life. So he goes to the library kind of searching for books to be closer to Naina, but also Priya. Um, and he meets Alicia, and she at first kind of turns him away with no recommendations. Um, so they start off in a bit of a bad foot. But then Alicia um, is kind of handed or discovers um a reading list and she thinks it's a place to start so she starts reading the books and then recommending to them, them to Mukesh and they sort of start a little unlikely friendship and a book club made of two
2: and you know what um, even when I was reading it I thought that as well because because not, well, not well now you're saying you know you are Gujarati and your other heritage is you're you're just British aren't you your mum's yeah. dad's British, um so like you know, Alicia is. I thought I feel she's British, or is she Indian? I don't. I
1: don't know. I don't quite. I quite feel soft. she's
0: mixed. I feel she's. Yeah, mixed. She, yeah. <laughs> she is
1: mixed, but yeah, she's mixed. But I never kind of say what oh, mix yeah, she is. Her mum is
2: Leela, isn't it? And her dad is Dean. <laughs> and and I thought, yeah, that's quite interesting how you've kind of incorporated the two together. So a lot of the book, I guess, is kind of based on on your experience or
1: am I wrong
0: yeah I think nice little nods to your life yeah yeah yeah,
1: I think like all the characters sort of have a little bit of me in them or like someone that I love in them um and yeah Alicia I think was probably me when I was 17 I kind of never mention kind of what her back heritage and background is really um but it is kind of mentioned that her dad her dad is white basically and she doesn't look like her dad visibly um, so that was kind of the main thing about her identity for me and kind of I guess that's where me and Alicia are similar in lots of ways except of course I'm a huge reader and Alicia's not. And the reading list itself is it's a list
2: of some really strong books out there isn't it like To Kill a Mockingbird, A Suitable Boy, did you curate that reading list yourself? well obviously you did because you're you're the, the you are the the writer but I mean it, did you know that you wanted those specific
1: books to be part of the reading list? Yeah so I think in terms of the list of books when I thought of the idea for the book I wrote a list of books They were sort of the first ones that I thought of um, because I think I probably was thinking about books that really meant something to me when I was A teenager in particular at that point when I was looking to love reading beyond school and stuff so some of those books were actually on a reading list that one of my teachers gave me to try to keep me interested in books and sort of help me read like something more interesting than the book that we were studying at school and stuff like that um The Time Traveller's Wife was one um that I just I just love that book so much and I knew I had to include it and actually that was one where it sort of moved around in the list it used to be in the list and now it's not in the list but it sort of plays a really important important part of um their journey to books um, and I think actually so it all of the books have some relationship to what's going on in the characters' lives. And some of that was intentional, but quite a lot of it was just stuff that, as I was working through the book, sort of the connections were jumping out at me quite clearly in the way that I guess when you're reading a book, you find a way to relate to what's going on, even if it's maybe not like directly your experience but it kind of sparks memories or emotions and stuff that feel like they they're right for you at that time um and I wanted to kind of create the idea that these books were finding these characters at the right point in their life and the books themselves were helping them see things in their life that they might not have seen otherwise and I think that's probably like the joy of reading why I love reading so much um and for years like I was quite a not reclusive as a child but like kind of I would like very happily go and sit in my room and just read for hours and I never felt lonely really because I was hanging out with loads of other characters and it felt like I was doing something going on adventures even if really I was just sitting on my bed reading for hours and I sort of wanted that to be a part of the characters' lives and them to be discovering that for the first time, really. Then I guess
2: that's where Alicia comes in because she's not a massive reader, and then all of a sudden she discovers this this reading book and uh, this reading list, and she becomes slowly a reader, doesn't she? And it's and it's lovely because you do see how you know you mentioned loneliness, and I think that's such a massive theme in the book as well because Mukesh is is lonely. Alicia in a sense is lonely as well because you know she's she's not your typical teenager she wasn't on MSN and Bebo. she was <laughs> looking after her mom and and I think that's you know just this, this whole book has so many amazing themes being lonely you know one when you're reading a book you kind of don't feel lonely it feels the emptiness it feels it builds the voids and I guess for Mikesh too because he was feeling lonely about Naina he is he's able to kind of try to connect with Nana through books and, and feel his loneliness and his void of of his grief because that yeah. is, that was his that was you know so it's so prominent in the book that she was his life basically and um you know I think did you did you know that you kind of wanted these kind of things running in the book a lot because you know I think I sense a lot of a lot of loneliness a lot of death well not a lot of death sorry but you know death is a theme where you kind of see how other people's lives are affected mental health maybe even one yeah Yeah. his his mental state I wouldn't I, I don't know if we would call it depression but you know his mental state he's he's very like he's very isolated um he's very you know he's he's kind of lost his will to live if you if you think about it yeah and yeah
1: his world has become really small I think like Naina kind of made his world bigger and since I guess she passed he he's just doing the same things every so often kind of barely leaving the house and kind of just has slipped into a routine that doesn't kind of necessarily add much to his life
2: And you can see as well how since starting reading he is starting to come out of his shell especially when he meets alicia and you can kind of see how i guess when you were saying you know you you bonded with your dada through through books and that's kind of you know your relationship uh, and your, your dadas to Mukesh and and alicia slash maybe priya in a sense as well because he's really trying to connect with priya um, even though she's quite young in the book isn't she she's do we know her age I think she's 12 she's I start, mean I should know she's yes she's of that age where she can she's starting to form like related bonding a, a strong bond with her granddad and and you can really see he really he really yearns for that the relationship which is so lovely because I think around that time as well I've always been close with my dada but I think you you start you start to get closer to people when you're your family when you're a little bit older as well, because you can really mm. have those bonds. So it's really nice to see how Priya Priya's relationship with Mukesh get kind of gets stronger because you know even she leaves him a voicemail, which is so nice. And uh, as opposed to just being like, dada, not now, you know, um, <laughs> Like it's really nice to see that that change. So I guess um yeah, these relationships and and everything, I guess I don't know if you I don't know how you wrote the book if you really planned out how their relationships were gonna kind of build but um I just thought it was it was such a good way to to kind of show a reality into kind of Indian families as well because you have on one side you have Mikesh and Priya or Mikesh and um Alicia's Bond strong but on the other on the flip uh I just want to talk about how you know the voicemails kind of they kind of start in a lot of they're they're the starting point of so many chapters and they I think you know I think every single time again the theme of loneliness comes up because you're hearing these voicemails and it's like okay dad like make sure you eat and stuff and you know and by the way this and that but at the end of it like I just felt his loneliness so much Mm. Because he just is just like, OK, cool. Like, well, what about me? Like, do you why did not you come and like spend time with me rather than just checking in? And I think that's a lot, uh, a lot uh, the case for a lot of Indian families. So I just feel like I'm rambling on. I just feel like, you know, these themes are so prominent in the book and I just relate to it so much more because maybe on some level I was the person that would call and be like okay yeah make Mm. sure you know you're fine but then I was like you know I'm just thinking about my grandma did I ever really check in with her sometimes Mm. to see if she's okay so it
1: kind of prompts you to think. And I love that you kind of picked all these things out because that's sort of exactly what what I wanted people to get from the book um so those voicemails from his daughters like the fact that they're checking in it's sort of on the surface they look like they're being really amazing attentive daughters but actually they're never letting him reply they're never kind of letting him have a voice back in so many ways and sort of they're going through the practical things sort of making sure that he looks after himself in that way but really they're not necessarily checking in on him in other ways and I guess the thing I loved about using books as a way to connect people is that Alicia and Mukesh on paper absolutely completely different people yeah. what on earth would they have to talk about because their experience is so completely different but sort of using the books as that bridge in a way allows them to sort of connect to the characters in the book and then they both will be forming their own separate connections I guess um with the characters and sort of From that, seeing that they're actually more similar um, than they thought they might have been. So, I yeah, I think books are so important in that way that while they can kind of keep you company, they can also kind of bring you together with other people. Like book clubs, for example, all around, like I have only not recently, but I've probably been in a book group for about four years and we're all quite different people, but it's like really fun to be able to talk about books and kind of we all take something different from the book and we can discuss that and kind of form friendships through that. Um, And I think that's such an important thing for Mukesh who maybe never thought that reading was for him because he didn't see himself as a typical reader, but actually we can all take something from a book and that can help us connect to other people and see things in their lives that are more similar to ours than we first thought.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's such a good way to to try and connect yourself with someone else. Yeah, like you said, you would never speak to, but books are a way of, of I guess it's kind of like a niche thing. You know, some people really like film and they'll talk about film or music yeah. and, and books are such an important one because you can really feel the emotion. And two, have such different perspectives as well because you can't physically see, you can't physically see it out. Like it's, it's how you're perceiving it to be. You actually... You know, you your family are from Wembley. And so you mentioned a lot of Harrow, Harrow Library. That's the main library that they go to, right? Um, Ealing Road, I think.
1: What else do you have? Yeah, Ealing Road's on there. Um the Neasden Mundir is in there as well. Yeah. Um, so Harrow Road Library is fictional, um, because but it's based on a community library that's there. So that was kind of like the building I had in mind and the location, but it's Sort of completely fictional as well um because Wembley actually has some great libraries um and I wanted to kind of convey I guess the libraries that are underfunded and are not getting support um and because that happened to my local library years and years ago when I was younger and I was it was like my favorite place and then in this most amazing building um, and then it just one day closed down and it was so sad because just for so many years loads of young children didn't get a chance to go to a library and like the importance of libraries is like everyone knows how important they are but just the fact that anyone can go there and pick out a book any book not have to worry about like paying a huge amount of money for it, making having to make that decision, decision to pick which book you can just sort of be free to explore in a library and try out different things. So I think they're such important places for like community, bringing people together, but also kind of to help um, inspire generations. And um, so I've always felt like really devastated when I hear about libraries closing down. Um, and I think it happens in the UK quite a lot. Like government cuts mean that libraries are closing down in so many places but actually they do so much I mean the library that Alicia and Mukesh go to is quite an old-fashioned library and it doesn't have all the mod cons um but so many libraries do have so many things like computer systems and ebook and audio downloads that you can get so there are so many things you can get from a local library beyond just books um and all the things that people run like book club book clubs but also like community center things too so yeah I just wanted to kind of highlight that in the book too do you like do you like going to libraries then
2: I I won't lie to you I don't think I've been to one in in years and years and I think that's because our local one in Heston closed down for a while I think they've refurbished it now but also um yeah I don't know I just haven't been to one maybe I think because books are so accessible to us now we can get it on our phones we can yeah exactly and you know, for so long i've wanted a kindle but also i love
1: the fact that you can just pick up a book so yeah maybe i should go to the library i do love libraries and i think like every single library is a bit different and has its own spirit too which is really nice um when i lived in Stoke Newton, i used to go to that library um quite a lot and i was always really i used to get all my book club books from there and i was always really slow returning them um so i was not really great library goer so (laughs) it's not great but um the library was amazing and every time I got to go I was just like amazed at how much choice there is in libraries and just yeah I mean it's it's the same in bookshops but just knowing that you kind of get to keep these books for like six weeks or however long and then return them when you're done it's just I don't know there's something really lovely that knowing that you get to borrow it and other people will be reading these books too and I think it's slightly different I love bookshops too um I have I I buy too many books I'm sure but just knowing that like that a book that you have read, you can then pass on to someone else to read, and who knows if well, they'll I enjoy it.
2: Much. Same book, and it's like,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. I kind of love when I used to get, um, and I try and do this in the books I read now. I used to love like when I'd go to the library and you see someone's notes in the book. I just feel like, that yeah. and you have no idea who that person is, but they're adding to like maybe you know or show me insight into their perspective of the story or whatever we're seeing and stuff and I try and do that now so if I ever lend a book to someone like it does kind of have like my stamp on it as well
2: yeah
1: I love um,
0: that yeah I absolutely love that and it's all about connection I feel like through your book when being in like the actual library setting I mean especially after being in something like the pandemic where we've just had to separate and so many libraries are like rapid COVID testing centers and stuff now it's absolutely insane but there's this um, great need to bring a sense of community back into our society I think COVID has changed everyone's lives dramatically and there's been such a culture shift in in the way that we do things but there's such a great joy that you gain and like simplicity you gain from from things that are community-based and hopefully like where the pandemic has in one hand you know sort of created a new culture of everyone like separating and you know socially distancing and stuff has create hopefully created a yearning to have those like simpler days back when when you could just be together and like yeah somewhere like the library yeah I just think it's, it's absolutely gorgeous um and I also just wanted to sort of explore that that a uh, further theme with you of, of of healing I suppose through books because I know earlier Natasha mentioned all how Mukesh. You know, his daughter sort of just check in with him and voicemails and and she stated that, oh, you know, prompted me to think about, did I check in with my grandma and things enough? But also there isn't just enough. I suppose what I really like about how Mukesh's story in the book is that he found his own healing so despite like okay like his daughters maybe only just called and he maybe wanted to see them I think it was really important that you highlight like he needed to do his own healing for him to even get to this stage to have a prepared relationship with his granddaughter you know and his daughters essentially and and have this new lease on life so there's this really a strong theme another another strong theme in the book is this sort of like circle of life moment isn't it it's is just like you know and the stages of grief and things um and I just thought that was really really yeah. important because it couldn't because it, it made me think about well since doing the podcast I really do think about women especially Indian women this sense of duty which I think really mm. comes across through the voicemails that Mukesh's daughters leave for him you know there's very they are fulfilling a duty, like they know that mm. their duty is towards their father. Um, and again, another theme of how we become older, we become our parents' parents. So just really, really strong themes of like circle of life, healing. Again, we've just mentioned the pandemic. Is there any other forms of healing that you know of other than reading? Like what is all or, or things that are therapeutic to you outside of reading?
1: Yeah. I- I think since the pandemic, I think I've kind of found more than before. I think i realize realised the importance of getting outside a little bit more. I really notice like the difference when I don't leave the house. I think before the pandemic, I would say to myself, I'll probably be totally fine just sitting in my house and reading all the time. But since the pandemic, I've just like going on walks so I live in Tottenham so we're quite close to um, the River Lee so going on walks by the river has been so nice because it just has felt like I'm connecting with something bigger than myself and I think you can kind of get into the habit of making of your world feeling quite small and I think that's probably another thing that is in Mukesh's story too. The fact that he's getting out a little bit more, even the trip to the library, is bigger than his journeys before um, when he wasn't going out at all. And also the books he's reading, their stories are bigger than
0: his story. So when he was consumed by his grief, the not only has he found like entertainment but also distraction in these books but it's it's, it's a whole new perspective isn't it it's, a, it's such yeah. a way to get off your own head and-, and then
2: and then you know you know you mentioned that he you know even the walk was like something big to, big to him but then he even goes to do like this whole little walk with the on and it's just like whoa like you're growing again you're actually getting <laughs> your life back like <laughs> so it's really lovely to see that you know and then the community are kind of checking in on him too, which is like uh I forget that their names, but you know, it's a lot of the friends indira I think it is, and uh, someone else, you know, checking Nilati. in. Yeah, Nilaki. Yeah, that's
1: right, that's right.
2: It's such Gujarati names aren't they? So cute. Oh, <laughs> wow, she's Guji. she's a Guji. <laughs> because <laughs> I couldn't tell like by your because when I first, you know, picked up the book, because it's Sarah Nisha Adams, I was like Oh, so she could be Gujarati, she could be any type of Indian. But then when I was (laughs) seeing the names, you know, even like the daughter's name, Mithali and stuff, I was just like, oh, my gosh, she's a (laughs) (laughs) Gujarati. And also I wanted to touch on um, just the just the fact that, you know, you can tell that they're Gujarati as well, because through the dialogue, I feel like your book has a lot of conversation in it and, and it's really descriptive but yeah even the conversations are kind of like I'm reading it with like this little Gujarati accent almost like the conversation
1: <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> and and his and his friends are talking in the Monday and they're on their walk I don't even want to do it out loud but can, <laughs> I can kind of hear the, the dialogue and the, the conversations which is which is something I really enjoyed actually because I can relate to it a lot um because you can hear you know you just hear like you know and you hear your nanny or or you know yeah talking. that's how they talk to each other very subtle yeah. very lovely <laughs>
1: other which is fun. oh yeah I'm glad I'm so glad you picked that up because in a way like the dialogue of that um was the easiest thing to me because I could literally just imagine it in my head and like my even my mum talking to my bar on the phone like those conversations coming coming across and like my bar talking to her friends on the phone and just yeah it's yeah i so happy that you a got
2: like, a then you think
1: they
2: just speak in such a little cute little way and it's just like oh. <laughs> I want to give you a cuddle. So when I was reading it, I could really, really pick up on it, and it's almost like I was reading it so slow and subtly because I knew I just could clock on how they were talking. So and then um, another thing about the the dialogue as well, actually, like the way we the way you've written it, I feel like it's a book that anybody can read. I don't feel like it's it's such a like you know how I've gone into depth with you know the themes of loneliness and things like that, but I don't know. I don't think it would be hard for someone younger, or someone even at a seventeen, or even younger at school, to kind of depict all of these themes as well. I think that mm-hmm. they could probably understand it. I, I, yeah, when I was reading the book, I was like, this would be so good for for children uh, as well because they can kind of depict and understand, or maybe relate to. For example, Dean, Alicia's dad, who I guess they're. De- I guess the mum and Alicia's mum and dad have separated maybe or they're divorced or I don't, you know, he has this whole other life and mm. he, his whole, whole own family doesn't really care you all doesn't it doesn't come across to Alicia like he really cares so it's kind of one of those things where I think again in relation to so many other people they probably feel that too like I I was thinking about my friend who whose dad's moved on and has this whole another life and it's like oh my gosh I bet as a child she probably felt exactly like that
1: oh yeah oh that's so nice to hear because I think lots of people have asked me kind of who I think the book is for and I I don't really know because I kind of hope it can be a little bit for everyone because like, Mukesh and Alicia are so different. So I'm hoping it can be
0: well, so nice as well, isn't it? Because when when I'm sure like the business side of you putting your book out is looking at, you know, a demographic, like who are we trying to target and things here? And, you know, somehow it's like, impossible to you know attract all audiences or from like one end of the age spectrum to the other but it's just so cleverly done because you have Mukesh who is older you have um Aisha who's a lot sorry Alicia sorry who's a lot younger and um their worlds can collide you know what I mean so so can demographics so you just have and it's really nice as well because you do have that older younger perspective And and also, yeah, just just another touch to Alicia's story as well as like how Mukesh interacts with her. But then we obviously know about her being a camera and things. So where, you know, there's like a vast age difference and he might have a perception of what it is to be a young person, what young people do. Actually, that's totally broken with her story, isn't it? And, yeah. I, I, and me someone who's who's actually training to be a social worker at this time as well and um wow. yeah that's that was what really touched me because I feel like the the topic around young carers isn't discussed mm-hmm. enough yeah. Um also maybe like taken for granted a little bit especially I think when we we grew up doing our our caring role because we're Indian there is this, like, I keep repeating again, but since having done the podcast, I really understand this theme of duty when it mm. is a culture. And I think when it comes to Alicia and other, like, young carers, it's so important to put an emphasis on the fact that they are young and mm. fulfilling a duty. G- and a responsibility that is so beyond their age but it's just young people get on and they just go ahead and, and do it. Is there any, I mean not that you have to tell me all your like personal secrets or anything like that but I just wondered because the book is so heavily influenced by your own experiences and things, if you yourself have, have had some sort of experience when it comes to being a young carer or a carer at all?
1: Um, Not directly, I think when I was younger I definitely felt that are kind of some situations where I felt that I couldn't be living the teenage life that the rest of my friends were living. Um, and yeah, I kind of don't go into detail about it much at all, but I think that also idea I think the idea of duty that you've mentioned is, I think, a big one. And I think Alicia particularly feels that, like her and her brother, when they're looking after her mum, they never say, like, they never really discuss what their mum is going through they haven't got professional help for it at all it's sort of like something that, that they keep between themselves and they deal with it between themselves and this idea of it almost not necessarily being taboo but being something they don't want to talk about beyond that and I think so many people um have experienced that and like while it's like amazing that mental health is being spoken about way more openly and way more freely I think there's still a stigma that comes with it and I think that's something that I think especially in that situation where Lila is kind of being looked after by her son and daughter like that's not being spoken about and they haven't been able to seek the help that they need because it's not something that they've gone out to get help for yet because they're not they don't feel able to do that and I really resonated with that as well because where you said like
2: you might not have necessarily been a, like a young carer or something like that. me myself and Nikki even my brother we were we were like little, we were very little looking after our bar and then our, mm. our nanny who sadly has Alzheimer's and so. I could really understand that because we didn't really talk about how we felt we kind of just had to get on with it and being like oh mm. we have to home to look after her or, or who can can you come at this time because I need to go at that time so I felt that I did I did really really get get that that whole like dynamic between Alicia and um her brother her brother's name what's her brother's name Aiden Aiden. oh my god sorry um yeah (laughs) just had
0: Adams in mind your surname
2: (laughs) yeah I really I really enjoyed the book I'm not gonna lie and I feel like I don't know um I don't know how we are supposed to podcast this episode without without ruining it for so many listeners but hopefully a lot of the listeners a lot of you guys listening now will actually pick up the book and read it because um it's definitely one that you can relate to in some way shape or form Mm.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I don't think you've given like any spoilers away for anything, so I think no either. I think yeah, it's, yeah. Because yeah. there's a, a lot. It's
2: a big book, isn't yeah.
1: it? How long did it take you to write it? I think so. It took me about like three months to do the first full draft, but then it was like a year and a bit maybe of editing after that. So like the first bit was the quickest bit, and then I, it took a long time after that to knock it into shape. It was a bit, it was even bigger and even like, it was so messy at first. Yeah. There was a lot in there that was just like, why is this in there? Just because I want to have this private joke in here. Get rid of it. (laughs) Things like that. Well, wow, so it was.
2: Um, you had to cut a lot of the book out. That's so crazy. Because I, w- I was thinking earlier as well. Like, if I wrote a book, what would my book be about, and how would I know what I want to include and what I want to chuck out? Because to you, like everything probably feels like so important that when you're like trimming something down, you're like, oh no, I want that. I want that in there. Did you feel like that?
1: A little bit. There are a few scenes. There are. F- I think everything that I really loved has made its way into the book okay. somewhere. It might have been like a whole scene was taken out, but important bit to me was like maybe one or two lines and I've managed to move them somewhere else so I made it I made all the bits that I wanted um, in there fit somehow um but I think I don't know it it got easier to cut things back because also it got easier to see what was just for me and what was just me like trying to learn about the characters so they were clear in my mind but half that information is not really like the reader doesn't need it so I tried to pull back as much as possible I think there's probably way more detail in there than there needs to be but that's just because I just enjoyed spending time with the characters and it yeah I think this book probably is going to be the most personal book to me because of all the characters and they all feel like people I know or people I love so I think yeah I yeah I just wanted to spend loads of time with the all
0: and as this is your debut novel, I mean, not that you need to give any spoilers or anything, but is there any anything in the works for a second one? Any ideas? Is there anything you can say? If, if not, that's fine. But um, yeah, yeah, I think
1: I can say a little bit. So I'm working on book two at the moment, um, which is, I don't think I can tell the title. Maybe I can. I don't think I can. But it's basically, again, about kind of community and unlikely friendships. And it's set this time around a community garden. And Um, between kind of two timelines one in 1970 when we see two friends running this garden and then in the present day when it's being looked after by two people who do not like each other at all Um, so yeah that's kind of the start of the story.
0: I'm so excited to read that already.
1: Yeah thank you so much for
2: talking to us and I hope that whoever's listening that you go to read the reading list because
0: yeah it's why don't for... you why don't you plug this is your this is your time so tell everyone where they can get their reading list any info you need them to know
1: oh thank you so yeah the reading list is out now and you can get it from all good bookshops um and in ebook and audiobook too
0: oh well thank you once again uh sarah nisha adams for joining us in two chickpeas on the podcast You're officially a chica and uh and yeah until the next time thank you so much
1: thank you thank you so much i've had a lovely time
0: as have we so it's been your girl nikita it's been your girl tash and it's been our new girl sarah
1: sarah
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah until
0: next time